Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to New Books Network. I'm your host, Schneer Zalman Newfield. In Crucified, the Christian Invention of the Jewish Executioners of Jesus, published by Fortress Press in 2023, J. Christopher Edwards explores the early Christian teachings regarding who actually killed Jesus. J. Christopher Edwards is Professor of Religious Studies at St. Francis College, Brooklyn. I should also mention he's a dear, dear friend of mine, and I'm so glad he's joining us today um, to to be with us. Um, the, let's get started. First of all, the name. What what's what's going on over there? Uh, I always knew you as as John Edwards. What, what's what's up with the J. Christopher Edwards? Uh, hi, Zalman. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for um, reading my book. I appreciate that. So, um, what's up with the J. Christopher Edwards? Yes. So, anyone who knows me knows me as John. In fact, when um, someone emails me and calls me Christopher, I know that this is going to be from someone that you know. I'm not so much. <laughs> <laughs> so when I wrote my first article um, long ago, um, and there was a possibility that John Kerry's running mate, John Edwards, um, had a political future. So I thought to myself, I could be like the next president of the United States. It would be like being named Donald Trump. So that, that can't happen. So I was like, I need a a name I need to disambiguate with my name so I typed in a bunch of things into Google various variations of my name and J Christopher Edwards seemed to be the least generic <laughs> and since that point it's been a guy on crossing oak and on a show called crossing over a guy that talks to the dead on TV named John Edwards so it was a good decision um, and then of course from a Christian perspective there's a famous theologian named John Edwards or Jonathan Edwards so for situation that's that's what <laughs> okay okay well i appreciate that uh, a little background there um so to get started could you uh, please tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to write this work uh, my background yeah so i'm from east tennessee um the uh smoky mountains that kind of very it's very very beautiful it's where i grew up um, growing up, I never heard anyone say that Jews killed Jesus. And maybe that's just because, um, I was like sheltered or something. I mean, I went to public school. I, I don't really know. Um, and, but it might, it's probably just because, you know, there's not too many, um, Jews in Northeast Tennessee. Um, also it's very much evangelical dispensational. It's like Judeophilia more than anything else, um, in that part of the country. Um, so when I started, I, I got a lot of education and ended up somehow in New York City. That's a, another story for another podcast, perhaps. Um, so, but when I began um, uh, to teach, um, I taught a course on early Christian gospels, um, and I did notice that in some early Christian gospels, I was surprised actually, because again, I hadn't really encountered it before. Um, I noticed that, for example, in the Gospel of Peter, that you have Jewish that Roman soldiers don't execute Jesus, but Jews execute Jesus. I thought, oh, that's that's weird. Um, and then I did a research project on this early second century text called the Epistle of Barnabas, um, where I saw that Jews executed Jesus. Um, and then I did another little project on another little, very um, obscure text called Six Books Dormition Apocryphon. Don't try to say that five times fast. Uh, from the fourth century, that has Jews executing Jesus. And then I'm coming to a conclusion, don't worry. 
And then I was um, translating through uh, the New Testament, kind of keeping up my Greek. And I was translating uh, Mark chapter 12. And in Mark chapter 12, Jesus tells this parable with um, where uh, this rich man um, leases his land uh, to tenants. Um, and he sends slaves to find out, you know, what's happened, you know, to collect his produce. And they, the tenants kill the slaves. And then he sends his son and they kill the son. And in the parable, the tenants um, are represented by the Jewish leaders. So I could see there in our, Mark's our earliest gospel, I could see there in Mark chapter 12 in our earliest gospel that you have in this parabolic form, this accusation, which must come prior to 70 CE, um, you have in a, parab in a parable the accusation that Jews, the tenants, kill Jesus. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder if I could draw a straight line from our earliest gospel, Mark, through other texts that I already knew had this accusation, like the Epistle of Barnabas, like the Gospel of Peter, right on through to the 4th century uh, texts that are being written in the wake of the ascension of Constantine, like the six books Dormition Apocryphon. I was like, I wonder if I could just draw a line through that whole period that shows how this tradition, that, that, the, that the persons who execute Jesus are Jews. Like, I wonder if I could do that. And that's how this project came about. And I'm very glad to say that it's done and published and I can think about other things now. <laughs> well, we're so glad that you did it because it really is a, a wonderful book. And I, I, I appreciate what you were saying about like drawing a straight line through these uh, various and sometimes sort of scattered um, or, or, or marginal um, uh, texts, because I think that's exactly what you do. You draw a very um, straight line in the sense that readers could follow very systematically as you go from one century uh, of text to another century of text, exactly uh, you know what the development of these ideas are. And um, to step back for a second, uh, just to help listeners who are, are not familiar with all the intricacies of what we're about to talk about, um, could you clear the record, so to speak, who actually killed Jesus? Before we go into what was uh, alleged or, or, or understood or represented, who actually were the ones who killed Jesus? Uh, well, for sure, Jesus was executed by Roman soldiers. Um, so, you know, it's very hard to talk about, you know, Jesus um, people, you know, when you try to reconstruct Jesus, it's just, I don't know, there are as many Jesuses as there are people trying to, to reconstruct them. <laughs> um, but one of the things that people who do try to reconstruct Jesus pretty much agree on is that at the end of his life, um, you know, he probably goes around preaching, has this, um, apocalyptic message about the coming kingdom of God. And no one really cares that he has that message when he's out in the middle of nowheresville, preaching that as he usually is you know he's got a you know there's no supermarkets around so he has to multiply loaves and fishes but it's not till he goes into the big city jerusalem um with that message about the coming kingdom of god um which is a political message um that he uh comes to the notice of um the uh uh roman rulers there um and you know they of course would do to him what they would do to any um a uh, person who uh, called for kind of a revolution, you know, a divine revolution, as it were. Uh, they crucified him, um, and that's 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 certain. You know, as little as we know about Jesus, I mean, one of the things that we certainly know, I think, is that he's crucified by Roman soldiers. Um, it's in all of all of our earliest texts say this. 
Um, you know, it's something that would have been embarrassing to early Christians. It's nothing you would have made up. You wouldn't, you know, if you wanted to convince people that you, that you're following someone that's the Messiah, you wouldn't say that they were executed by, you know, um, by Roman soldiers. So for all these reasons, yes. So Jesus of Nazareth was certainly executed by Roman soldiers, uh, in Jerusalem, but you know, that's not like a great message to have. Um, even though that's what happened, that's not a great message to have. If you want to, um, begin a religious movement, obviously, you know, I mean, if I, if I told you Zalman that I had, um, that I was part of a new religious movement, um, I want you to join, you know, but our leader was executed by U.S. special forces, right? I mean, interested in, you might like a second guess that. So advantageous for early Christians to claim that Jesus was executed by soldiers. Um, so over time, um, well, actually not, not too much time, um, they end up uh, saying that Jesus was executed not by Roman soldiers, but by Jews. Um, so ostensibly because the, the, saying that he was executed by soldiers wasn't very helpful for them, their desire to establish themselves and settle in the Roman world. Right. And so you mentioned that um, uh, the Gospel of Mark is the earliest gospel uh, historically. Um, uh, how does the Gospel of Mark portray Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea, and his involvement in the killing of Jesus? Yes. So in... In the Gospel of Mark, um, Pilate um, wants to know that, G you know, says, you know, what evil, you know, has Jesus done, right? So it's, 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 it's kind of, it's, it's difficult to, um, one of the things difficult is ask, asking about the Gospel of Mark is that we don't know what the traditions were before that, okay? We know what they are after that. So if you look at the Gospels um, um, in a chronological order, right, Pilate becomes more insistent that Jesus hasn't done anything wrong, that he's innocent. Um, you know, and then if we get into the second and third centuries, you know, he and pretty much every other Roman ruler become followers of Jesus themselves. Right. So in Mark's gospel, um, Pilate, you know, um, you know, makes reference that he, do, he doesn't think Jesus is, um, is guilty. Um, he doesn't have a very strong character. He's sort of like, um, Herod who earlier in Mark's gospel, um, puts John the Baptist to death under pressure. Okay. He's, he's of that kind, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he has a weak character, but he's not, he does not insist that Jesus be executed. Um, but what I think we have, um, in Mark's gospel is just like an early, um, um, you know, indication of where the tradition is going, right. From Mark to Matthew to Luke, Pilate becomes more and more sympathetic to Jesus. And then we get again out into the second, third century, he becomes a disciple um, of Jesus himself. And, but it's, you know, getting back behind Mark, what, what, you know, what, what was Pilate's actual interaction with Jesus? You know, um, it's, it's difficult to say. I mean, I think that it's definitely not what's in Mark's gospel. If we're thinking that Mark is on a trajectory, that, that the trajectory is to make Pilate nicer and nicer and nicer. It's not like Mark is some like pristine picture of Pilate, which is what he was like, whatever, back in 30 CE. You know, I think we have to assume that things have moved from the historical event to whatever we have um, in Mark. I think I think that's that's the problem. I think that you know, persons that come, especially that are educated in more faith backgrounds, will want to think that what we have in the Gospels is this pristine um, expression of of what was in what happened to Jesus in 30 CE or whatever it is. Um, 
But I think that the trajectories after our Gospels towards the second century are a, a light onto what was there before. So we have to, I think we have to imagine whatever Pilate was like, that how he's presented in Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John is already moving in the direction of how things are going to go into the second century to make them sort of amicable figures who become disciples of Jesus. Um, so it, I don't know if that answers your question. Okay. Right, right. No, no, no. That that that's very helpful. So, but just to clarify, uh, as, according to my understanding, based on your book, um, uh, in um, in Mark, the idea is uh, uh, it's clear enough, so to speak, that 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 Pilate is part of the process that leads to Jesus' execution, and that he, in a sense goes along with, like you said, he may not have personally uh, uh, sorted out, but he ultimately sort of signs off on the killing of Jesus. Yeah, no, I misunderstood your question. I thought you were asking me about like the trajectory of Pilate. Um, rather, yes, yeah, so in, in Mark's gospel, in our earliest gospel, um, Pilate uh, hands Jesus over, even though he's like weak and doesn't necessarily want to, he hands Jesus over to Roman soldiers um, who um, execute Jesus. And that also happens in um, in Matthew's gospel. Although, again, in my little trajectory model, Pilate's an even more sympathetic character in Matthew than he is um, in Mark. So that happens in Mark and Matthew. There's a little bit of a contradiction in those gospels, though. I mean, both gospels insist that um, Jewish characters have executed the prophets. Um, but then they say, but Roman soldiers executed Jesus. So there's a little bit of an inconsistency there in Mark and Matthew. Um, um, that gets ironed out in Luke and then in later Gospels, right? And and speaking of of the Gospel of Matthew, uh, how does Matthew uh, emphasize the generational continuity of the guilt of Jews for Jesus' death? Right. So, um, in that in that parable, of the tenants in Mark, I, I'll, I'll get to Matthew, but it's already in Mark. In that in Mark twelve, in that parable, of the tenants. The story that Jesus tells about tells a story about tenants who um, who kill slaves who are sent to collect their produce, and then who kill later kill the beloved son of the owner of the uh, of the vineyard. Um, and the assumption, um, the the what what these characters represent is pretty straightforward. The tenants are the Jewish religious leaders, the um, uh, the slaves that are sent to collect the produce are the prophets. And the beloved son is, of course, Jesus. Um, and there's an assumption in that parable, not only that the that the Jews that the, these Jewish characters execute Jesus because they kill the beloved son, but also there's an assumption of continuity: is that the the same tenants who killed the slaves, the prophets, also kill the beloved son. So even though these would be individuals separated by many centuries, the assumption is is that they're just like they're just like the same, right? Um, and in Matthew's gospel, you really have this kind of idea hammered out. Matthew, of course, lifts Mark's parable, the tenants into his gospel. But in Matthew, um, 23, where Jesus gives these woes against the religious leaders, one of the things he says to them, um, is he says, uh, in Luke 23, 34, he says, I send you prophets, sages, scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, some of whom you will flog in your synagogues. And pursue from town to town, so that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah. 
And the assumption there is that the U is is static, right? So you're moving through time, um, but it's the same U that's that's doing this. And that's sort of setting up this idea of this generational continuity that Christians assume um, about Jews who are um, opposed to Jesus, right? Is that um, they are they're one with all of their predecessors who whatever oppose God's prophets who whatever disobeyed God at Sinai, um, who killed Jesus, who currently opposed the church, and who in the future um, will see whatever Jesus, whatever returning, um, um, and say like, oh God, that's the guy we crucified, right? So the idea is that is that Jew, there's like a monolithic wave of Jews, right? Um, there's like a a timeless Jew who's always opposed to to God and what 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 God's doing, and, and that's that's there in Mark's parable. It's it's there more um, more emphatically in in Matthew twenty three. Right, right. And how does the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles portray Jewish leaders in general? Um, okay, it's, uh, right. So this may be moving towards to portray Jewish leaders or portray Jew, meaning people the non believers of Jesus, the, the Jewish uh, uh, non-believers of Jesus. Yes, right. So um, Luke's gospel and the Acts of the Apostles, um, when you get to Luke, you have the, so in Mark's gospel, you have um, Jews accused of killing Jesus, the beloved son, via a parable, right? Um, but when it comes to the actual crucifixion of Jesus, um, it's, you know, it's Roman soldiers who execute Jesus, right? And I said there might be a bit of a contradiction there because Mark and Matthew accuse Jews of killing the prophets, but then they accuse Jews of killing Jesus, um, and there it gets like whatever. I mean, Romans they accuse Roman soldiers of killing Jesus. When you get to Luke, you have the first um, gospel um, in Christian scripture that claims that um, Jewish actors actually execute Jesus, not Roman soldiers. Okay, uh, so. In um in Luke chapter twenty three, uh, verses thirteen through thirty three, um, if you read those closely, well, first of all, in Luke twenty three thirty three, it's just going to say they executed Jesus, right? And then the question is, who is what is the antecedent? Who is the antecedent for they in that statement in Luke twenty three thirty three? They executed Jesus. Okay, so if you just follow the implied pronouns and the verbs back. From Luke twenty three thirty three, it takes you all the way back to Luke twenty three thirteen, where you find out that it's you know the Jewish people and the leaders, right? So in Luke twenty three, you have this statement that that um, when it describes the crucifixion of Jesus, you have this this first very very sort of um, I guess clear statement that Jewish actors are the ones who execute. Um, Jesus, and that really is consistent with everything else that you read in um, Luke and Acts. So, if you read the first ten chapters of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, with the same author—I should just tell your readers if th this if they don't already know—the same author who wrote the Gospel of Luke has um, very likely also produced um, the Book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. So, it's like a two-volume set, right? Luke is about the life of Jesus. Acts of the Apostles is about you know, what Jesus' followers did after his death and supposed resurrection. So in the first 10 chapters of Acts, when the apostles of Jesus are preaching about him in Jerusalem, certainly their dominant message is, you 
our listeners, our Jewish listeners, you guys killed Jesus. That's the dominant message, right? So that coheres with what they say in Luke 23. Um, at the end of Luke, after Jesus has been executed and um, um, and resurrected, there are these two people on something. It's a famous story in Christian world called the, the road to Emmaus, um, where you have these um, people wondering about, you know, uh, who are walking with Jesus and they don't recognize him. You know, and Jesus says, you know, what's happened? And they say, are they very clearly say, our leaders executed um, Jesus. Okay. Um, and and um, in at the beginning of, so that's second point. Third point is, is that in the, uh, in the first couple chapters of the book of Acts, you have a guy named Stephen, who's like an early follower in the, of Jesus in the movement. He is executed by um, Jewish characters. Um and the author of Luke and Acts is really trying very hard to make his death a mirror image of the death of Jesus. So like in Luke's gospel, Jesus says, you know, when he's being executed, he says, you know, Father, forgive. He asks God to forgive his executioners. And in, in Stephen, in Acts, he also does the same thing. Okay. Um, they both, Jesus and Stephen, both, they say they see the Son of Man um, at you know, God's right hand. Okay. Um, and the idea is that since their deaths are mirrored in this way, the idea is that then if we can, if they're, they're mirrored in all these other ways, then the idea is that they must be mirrored in terms of who's executing them. And in acts, it's very clear that Stephen is executed by Jewish characters. Um, and that it just, it, and that's just, um, uh, confirming what I've told you, like what, as said in Luke chapter 23 is that Jesus is executed by, um, Jewish characters. Um, so, and that's going to be the hardest pill to swallow. So for, for Christians who are, you know, you know, habituated to sort of like, you know, um, I guess avoiding criticism of their sort of sacred text. I think what, how Luke presents things, um, it's, 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 it's it's going to be difficult, to, um, but you just have to say it's wrong. I think so. Right. Well, so since you you mentioned that, um, I I am curious. You are a, a, a person of Christian faith, and uh, you're a scholar of uh, the Christian Bible and early Christian teachings, and. Um, at the same time, you just said, well, you know, uh, maybe a part of what Luke describes in terms of this critical piece of, 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 of uh, uh, information in terms of who killed Jesus. Well, um, not maybe, but and you're telling Luke is wrong. This is factually incorrect. And I'm just curious, how did you sort of personally wrap your mind around this in terms of, you know, how this relates to your faith. Obviously, your faith is tied in some way to these sacred texts um, and the belief in their perfection or, 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 or sanctity or something. Uh, how does how does one go from there uh, when you realize that there's a, a part, a crucial part of the narrative in some of these texts that um, is just simply historically incorrect? I mean, I, I don't really care about the historically incorrect. I think morally incorrect is uh, it's, it's more the is the bigger problem, isn't it? Um, um, especially given the reception history of claims that um, Jews um, executed Jesus. Um, and, and I actually have a question for you about that too. I'm actually curious about like what, what, I mean, as a Jewish person, did you grow up thinking that like that 
that Christians think that like Jews execute Jesus? Or did you grow up thinking that Christians think that Jews were just like involved and handed him over to the Romans? We can come to that in in a second. Let me answer your question. I'm sorry for asking uh, you. T- talk about a really rabbinic maneuver by answering a question. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm actually eager to answer the question um, that you asked me. I mean, it's not like it's nothing new, right? Like, you know, every religion has lots of stuff to be sorry for, right? Okay. You didn't, I mean, um, it's not, it, it's not something, you know, unique to Christianity. You know, it, every religion has tons of stuff to be sorry for. I mean, but it, if this, my book, if the issue that I bring up in my book wasn't even an issue, you would still have the issue of like God discoursing with people about enslaving people, you know, or, you know, I mean, Jesus says to his disciples in Luke's gospel, which of you having a slave, blah, 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 you know, there's like an assumption there that his disciples might have slaves. Um, uh, you know, there's stuff about like the oppression of women, you know, and condemnations of homosexuality. Like there's all this, you know, so it's not like, I think that, so there would already be things to say like, all right, that's probably wrong. You know, not even just, just, just morally wrong, you know? Um, so I think one of the things that my book's doing is it's bringing something up that just people don't know about, you know, which is kind of why I asked you the question about what did you know about? But I think that, you know, Christians, um, no one knows about this. I mean, I think that's kind of the, the big point of my book. I, maybe I should have led with that uh, like 30 minutes ago. Um, but everyone is like, people just know, they're, they read the Gospels. First of all, well, today they read the Gospels through the movies, right? People have seen these movies, The Passion of the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, even Life of Brian, you know. Um, and they know that, that, that you know, and so when they close their eyes and they imagine the crucifixion, they imagine like what they saw in the films, you know. They imagine a guy with a, a, a breastplate and a, and a red cape. And a, and a metal helmet, you know, nailing Jesus um, to the cross. And that is, again, to go back to what we originally said, that is certainly, you know, kind of what happened um, to Jesus. Um, so there's just like a, a, a lack of knowledge that that is not what, um, I mean, that's not the direction that things are going in their own scriptures, you know. Um, you know, Mark certainly sort of like, starts that way you know but you can tell that mark's already heading away from it you know and by the time you get to luke it's it's like out the door um and then once you get to the second century and third century and fourth century it's very difficult to find a narrative at all of jesus's execution with roman soldiers it's all jewish executioners who do you know all the time that is the dominant story um so so people just just don't um they don't know about it um, so I, 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 I'm sorry. So back to, I'm, I'm, I've got myself on, out on, on a rabbit trail. Um, no, I think, I think it's all so, right. So it's like, Pete, there are, so there are things that we want to sort of like maybe say that are wrong about the text that everyone knows about homosexuality, condemnation of homosexuality, women, blah, 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 but people don't know about this one. Okay. So I guess I'm just like, add, I know, I don't know that I'm doing something so revolutionary as I'm just like adding something else to the, uh, to the list. Uh, so to speak. So, I mean, however you dealt with those things, I mean, that's how you can deal with, um, with this one, you know, the option of saying, well, I guess, you know, I think people are like tempted to say, uh, well, maybe once upon a time it was okay to like, I don't know, do some of these other bad things. But I mean, I certainly don't want to say that, but maybe people do. I have heard the things, these sorts of things in Christian world before. Uh, but you certainly don't want to say that maybe like Jews executed Jesus. Come on, you know, uh, um, 
No, I, I just, I think that, I mean, the, the problem is thinking of like the text as uh, the biblical text as, you know, I don't know, some like um, something that was like dropped out of heaven, you know, I mean, clearly there are human elements in these texts. Um, and I think that I, here's, I, I, I think that the, this is what people miss is that this isn't like some like result of like modern criticism or something. I think the text is telling you like criticize me. Like I think the text is screaming out, please criticize me. Like you think about um, the synoptic gospels, for example. I think about this every time I teach gospels um, in uh, in uh, in undergraduate school. And the synoptic gospels refers to uh, Mark is the first gospel, and Matthew and Luke are the second and third gospels. And Matthew and Luke are copying Mark, right? Um, so Mark, Matthew, and Luke have the, basically like the same stories. Okay. Um, and that's because Matthew and Luke are copying Mark. Basically, all of Mark's gospel is like in Matthew's gospel, plus some extra stuff. All right. Um, so Matthew and Luke, since Mark is their source, they're changing Mark, right? Um, they're producing their gospels because they kind of think that Mark sucks in some ways. You know, they're trying to they're trying to fix Mark. They don't think that Mark is good. Um, the example I always give my students is that in Mark's gospel, um, there's the story where um, uh someone comes to Jesus and says, um, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one's good, but God alone. And Matthew's like, that's not, we, it's like, we can't have Jesus saying that. Matthew moves the adjective good off of teacher and onto the deed. So in Matthew's gospel, Matthew's version, someone comes to Jesus and says, teacher, what good deed must I do? So he doesn't say good teacher. He says, what good deed must I do? So Matthew's trying to fix Mark. So right there, just in that kind of move, you can already see that the text itself is telling you this is not a finished product. This These are not texts without errors, without mistakes, right? But that doesn't mean that like you can't, that there's not words of life there as well, you know? Um so I, I think that people, you know, people, I think one of the, one of the, um, uh, temptations is to think that religion will just give you lots of simple answers um easy answers you know um think to like shelter you from other more compli complicated things in the modern world and also people are very afraid of slippery slopes like i get that you know people say like if we say that this is wrong then how do we know that everything's not wrong and things like that but i always say that you know life's lived on the slippery slope and so you have to worry you know, <laughs> so, uh, um, it, it, there's a um, there's a theologian named um, uh, Karl Barth. I'm not a theologian, but Barth said something like, um, you know, the Bible um, is not the word of God in and of itself, but it becomes the word of God when you encounter God and reading it. Um, and I actually really I actually really like that. So. You know, when I read, I, I like, I'm very Christian myself. I, I read the text all the time. And the re, one of the reasons I do it, it's almost like sacramental, is that when I, is that by myself, I'm like a, a selfish, you know, a-hole, you know, <laughs> a lot of time, not all the time, but some of the times, you know, I, you know, you focus on yourself and things and then you read it and you're like, oh, it's not about me, you know, um, right? Um you know, so when I somehow when I read the text, maybe it's just because of like so much religious indoctrination. But when I read the text in a good way, you know, I'm encouraged, I think, to be more loving towards my neighbor, to love my neighbor as myself um, and that sort of thing. Um, 
you know, and that doesn't mean there's not problems in the text or things that it says, you know, but I think you have to read with the hermeneutic of love, you know. So does this encourage me to be a better version of myself? And, you know, and if it does, if whatever religion you're part of, if, if engaging with that tradition causes you to be a better version of yourself, then absolutely go for it. That doesn't mean that there's not problems in the tradition or things you can talk about. It's not perfect. It's not inerrant, you know, but it can still be let you into that divine life of, of love of God and love of neighbor. That uh, can be a, a gateway to that at the exact same time. So both both things can be true. I'm sorry, that's a very long one. No, no, no. I I appreciate your your honesty and 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 uh, I think that's very helpful to 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 kind of set the stage for for your book and for for these ideas that we're talking about. Um, so it's clear that uh, as sorry, we... sorry, do you have a question? What 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 did you grow up thinking? Because I don't I answer this question a lot. This is about you. <laughs> do you want to? I, well, I, I, I know that most Jews um, have would, are aware that Christians have accused them of killing Jesus. Like Jews killed Jesus. As a Jew, Jews are aware of that. I know that. But do Jews think that? Do you think most? Do Jews think that that Christ that like what I'm saying that like what I'm talking about in my book that that Christians think that Jews nailed him to a cross. Or do most Jews think that Christians accuse Jews of like encouraging Romans to kill him? So I I don't think uh, um, as we've spoken about you know uh, um, um, over the years about your book and, and its content, I, I think that most Jews probably haven't really thought that much about okay. exactly. Yeah, they care. Yeah, now why should they? Right? It's just not central to to their religious life or you know personal life, but but. I, I would say that as someone who grew up in the ultra-Orthodox Jewish community, I was always confused about what exactly the charge was. Because on the one hand, I, I heard that Jesus was, was crucified, and I understood that that was uh, a form of execution used by Romans, non-Jewish uh, you know, the Roman, um, you know, military establishment. Um, and at the same time, there, I knew that there's a long history of Jews being accused of deicide, of killing God, and that Jews were called Christ killers. And I, I, I never really understood how you, you square this circle, that why are you blaming us if someone else did it, you know? Uh, I, but I do know, I remember my uh, hearing a story about how, um, my father, when he was, he didn't grow up Orthodox, but, you know, he was uh, Jew, very Jewish. And when he was five or six years old, he came running into his parents' home crying. And my grandmother asked him, you know, what was wrong? And he said, you know, why did I kill Christ? And he, she said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, the, the, the friend down the block, Sally, she went to a, a Christian school and she just uh, told him, that he killed Christ, and my father wanted to know why did he do it, you know. So, like, the, the, and this was in the you know 1950s, I guess, uh, in in New York. I mean, we're not talking about you know some faraway place. So, it, it seems to me that 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 this uh, 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 label of Christ killers uh, seemed to have stuck. Uh, uh, to the Jews for literally millennia. Uh, in the case of my father and Sally, it was just a, a you know a, a, a sad um, you know moment. But obviously, in in the long span of Jewish history, there were often much much more severe and even lethal consequences to this charge. So 
Uh, I, I, like, it wasn't yeah. clear to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I, I thought maybe you would say something like, "Oh, you know, you know, we've always thought that like Christians accused us of handing him over to the Romans." In which case, I was going to tell you that it's actually much worse than that. Which <laughs> is the point of the book. Um, that they say no. Um, and yeah, and the, the the sad story there with your um with your father, you know, just goes to show that this isn't just like I mean, my book's sequest, you know, is confined to the first um you know four centuries or so. Um, you know, but it's something that runs right up to the present age. And, um, you know, in the middle of the 20th century, 1965, one of the things that, that, um, that I highlight is that the Roman Catholic church, you know, kind of officially said in night in 1965, you know, um, I should probably like quote it, um, but have it right in front of me, but it's something like that, you know, you can't say that like the Jews of all time are guilty of, of, of killing Jesus that came out of uh, Vatican II. Um, but, but just the, the fact that they're saying that just shows you that, and you know, that that's, that was, that's the word on the street. Um, so, um, yeah, it's again, it, again, it's just one of those things that people don't think about very much necessarily if, if they just have their like mind in the Jesus movie, but this is, it's definitely a deep, deep part of the, of the Christian tradition to make this claim. Yeah, and and just and not to 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 get too um, to go too astray uh, in terms of focusing on the uh, the last century or whatever, um, uh, which is clearly not you know the 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 kind of historical focus of your book. But um, I was kind of horrified recently because I read a book about um, uh, uh, the relationship between the Catholic Church and. Um, 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 Mussolini and the fascist movement in Italy uh, in the you know 1930s and the lead up to you know the Holocaust and essentially there were all these high-ranking prelates of the Catholic Church who were a very um, fascistic they were literally supporters of Mussolini and the fascist movement but but um, uh, more relevant for for us uh, for our discussion today is that they essentially said you know things like hey. The Jews killed Jesus. Like, come on, these are like not good people. You know, these are are not the people that need we need to worry about or whatever. You know, or like the harshest treatment or whatever is is too good for the people who killed Jesus. So like the 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 claim uh, about the the Jews killing Jesus was uh, 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 at least used to kind of justify uh, really ugly uh, treatment and attitudes towards contemporary Jews in general. And by people who were, I, I'm not even, you know, in, in that book, which now I, I, I'm, I'm forgetting the, the title, but um, it wasn't even, you know, like Christians on the street, like ordinary people. These were supposedly very learned people. I don't know if they were scholars. And, you know, I think if I remember correctly, one of them was the leader of, of the Jesuit movement. <laughs> like these are very learned people um, within the Catholic Church, who were were um, promoting or sharing, you know, this viewpoint. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, mean, I know. Like I said, I know that this is way beyond the scope of of your book. So to get back to your book, um, uh, let's see. Um, so clearly, the 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 narrative around who killed Jesus and what role the Roman soldiers played, what role Pontius Pilate played, uh, seems to be shifting as we move chronologically from the earliest gospel to to the latest one. Um, 
And I'm curious, uh, how is the relationship between the followers of Jesus and the Jewish establishment evolving during the period when the Gospels are being written? <laughs> I don't know, Solomon. <laughs> you can rephrase that. <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I took it straight from your book. Uh, uh, so, so just to, to give you a pointer that I was thinking about, um, is that you you describe in your book, or at least you you allude to the fact that as uh, the, during this period when the Gospels are being written, there's oh, a uh, chapter uh, one had my mind in chapter two. There's <laughs> an evolutionary process going on in terms of the de what I would consider the de-individuation, the separation between the follower, the Jewish followers of Jesus, and the 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 Jewish uh, non-believers. Of Jesus, and that earlier in the earliest period, the you know there's a lot of overlap, sort of, and then as time goes on, the followers of Jesus are kind of systematically trying to distance themselves. They're increasingly well. I mean, they're increasingly Gentile, is is what they are. I mean, that's I think that's I think that's the main point. Um, so they're increasingly Gentile, um, and they are not. Um, and you have to think you have to remember too that the there's Jewish rebellions uh, as the church is becoming increasingly Gentile. There are Jewish rebellions against the empire. You have the first Jewish war with Rome. Um, you know, in the period leading up to the in this whatever sixty to seventy uh, it, uh, uh, CE. Then you have the second Jewish war with Rome, Revolt, You know, and then there's other sort of like Jewish uprisings that are like. That are put down. So I, I mean, I, I think that the, um, the increasingly Gentile church is wanting to say like, we're not with these, <laughs> seditious groups. You know, I mean, none of that. I mean, that that's not that those sorts of like points don't always come out like obviously in 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 the you know in the reception of the claim that Jews killed Jesus. But that's like an important context to have in mind for the the background for all of it. Right. All right. All right. Here's another one. Uh, what is the epistle of Barnabas and how does its author find a scriptural basis for the idea that the Jews killed Jesus? All right. Now we're in this next section. Yes. So, uh, so, um, so the epistle, of, the epistle of Barnabas um, is a text that probably most people haven't heard of, but um, it was, it is in some of our earliest um, canonical lists. Um, so early, I mean, certain early Christians thought of it as scripture. Clement of Alexandria cites it as scripture. One of our uh, very earliest sort of almost uh, complete manuscripts of the of the Bible, Codex Sinaiticus, includes the Epistle of Barnabas as scripture. Um, and in the Epistle of Barnabas, um, the author um, claims sort of what we've been saying uh, previously. You know, kind of continues that uh, continuation claim of the Jews who disobeyed at Sinai are the same as the Jews, whatever, who killed Jesus and who um, in the future will see him at his second coming. So it has that kind of claim. But one of the things that's distinctive about the Epistle of Barnabas is that the Epistle of Barnabas comes up with a new rationale for talking about why Jews killed Jesus, um, which is that um, uh, it's it was prophesied in the scriptures, right? So early Christians, one of the things that they do um, is that they form some of the Jesus traditions um, based on things that they've like read in um, the Hebrew Bible or the Septuagint. Um, 
So, um, for example, um, when in the Gospels, when Jesus is on the cross, um, one of the things um, he says is, uh, my God, my God, um, why have you forsaken me? And uh, while he's on the cross, one of the things that um, uh, Roman soldiers do is they cast lots for his garments to see who's going to get to keep his clothes. Um, now, you know, those aren't in the gospel because someone was just like at the cross watching those things happen and, you know, was like, well, someone write that down, you know, and then it got passed along a couple decades, you know, um, and taken up into our gospels. Um, what's happened, um, is that early Christians, um, they know that Jesus has been, um, crucified or whatever, and they want to tell that story. So they need to fill in the details. Um, and they're going to get the details by searching the scriptures uh, with the assumption that God must have revealed things about Jesus in the past. So they come across Psalm 22, for example, which is Psalm 21 in the Septuagint. And the opening lines of Psalm 22 are, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And they say to themselves, Here's a righteous person who's suffering. Um, so this must have been God sort of um, giving details of the life of Jesus. So they feel justified to put those statements at the beginning of Psalm 22, that statement on the lips of Jesus on the cross, because they're like, this was God telling us what was going to happen. Similarly, and later in Psalm 22, it says, they cast lots for my garments. So once again, early Christians say, aha, here is God telling, giving us a detail of what happened to Jesus. So then they tell the story of the crucifixion with Roman soldiers casting lots for his garments. Okay. So the, in the epistle of Barnabas, he just extends that practice that's already in the gospels to the claim that Jews executed Jesus. He said, we know that Jews executed Jesus because that was what God said was going to happen in the scriptures. So he takes several texts, um, which I won't go into the weeds on at the moment, um, and he reads them in a way so that it, so that you can claim that Jews executed Jesus. So um, just one example, in Zechariah, the text says, um, uh, it says something like, um, when you strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter or something like that. Um, but Barnabas um, uh, tell, repeats that text in a way that we don't have in any other manuscripts. So he's kind of manipulating these texts in addition to finding them. Uh, Barnabas reads that text as saying, when they strike their own shepherd, you know, uh, so he says, aha, here we have the text saying that Jews would kill Jesus. So what Barnabas does is he, um, finds a, he finds a scriptural rationale, um, for, uh, 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 the historical claim that, you know, Jesus was executed by, you know, unbelieving Jews. Right. Right. Okay. Um, who is Justin Martyr? And how did he use the idea of imitation of Christ to secure the relevance of the accusation that the Jews killed Jesus for his own time? That's an excellent question, Salman. You actually did read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I read it cover to cover, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I think it's a really a fascinating work. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, and it makes a great present for Christmas or Hanukkah. <laughs> I can't speak about uh, you know uh, uh, um, a celebrant of of, of of Christmas, but for Hanukkah, there's no question. And this is just a kind of thing. People sitting around the menorah eating latkes, and they say, "Well, so really, who did kill Jesus? And what does Barnabas say about it?" That's that's right. <laughs> 
Okay, so um, yes, thank you for the endorsement. So um, in, in in Justin, so Justin does something you know rather clever. Um, so Christians have been saying that like whatever, like we just I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the Jews who kill who disobeyed God in the past and killed Jesus and are now opposing us, right? So um, bar, so just what Justin does is he doesn't he instead of focusing on how like the Jews are timeless and the same and for through the centuries killing and uh, God's uh, representatives. He says the people who experience that violence are the same. And so he says that we who are, uh, first of all, Justin says that the Christians are persecuted by Jews. Um, he has this idea that uh, during the second Jewish revolt, uh, Bar Kokhba um, uh, persecuted um, followers of Jesus. And he um, and he uses that to say that um, that uh, that there's a continuity between Christ and ourselves, right? So Jews killed Christ, and now they're still killing us, um, and so we are kind of like imitating Christ, right? And for him, he says that makes sense, right? So if we have problems, so Jesus is persecuted by Jews, and if we have problems, that means they must come from Jews, right? And this idea of imitation of Christ, that's like a really important concept throughout Christian history. You want to imitate Christ. You want to live your life as a representative of Christ, you know, or, or the imitating Christ. Um, and that and that's tempting because if you uh, to, to think that like, well, you know, if my life's an imitation of Christ and I have this assumption that Jews killed Jesus and like, you know, whatever, tortured him and, you know, pestered him, you know, uh, persecuted him in all sorts of ways. You know, then I must think that well, if my life is an imitation of Jesus, I'm really following Jesus. That means that Jews must therefore like hate me as well, right? If I'm persecuting, uh, if they persecuted him, then they're if they killed him, then they're going to try and kill me. And maybe if I don't even like know a Jew, maybe I'll just assume that if I'm really following Jesus, then if my problems must ultimately be caused by Jews in some ways, you know, because I'm I'm imitating Christ. Um, and that's the, that's, that argument is, is first, that particular argument is first made by Justin. Um, that's, that's his little contribution. I should say that in the, that, that, the claim that Jews killed Jesus is like ubiquitous, you know, pretty much, um, uh, in the time frame that I looked at, but in the book, I really only highlight these people who like move the argument along in really particular ways. Like Barnabas adds this idea of scripture, of scriptures say it, Justin adds this idea of, imitation of Christ. So that's how the book moves along. Yeah. And, and just to, to kind of put a fine point on it, what you were just describing uh, in terms of, um, in terms of uh, Justin's um, um, innovation, in terms of the imitation of Christ and seeing one's personal um, uh, uh, um, suffering or, 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 troubles as being the 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 product of jewish you know machinations or something um it, it's it's not hard to imagine how this could get like wildly out of hand <laughs> you're not just talking about something that may have happened hundreds or you know eventually sort of thousands of years ago who killed you know one particular person you know but you're saying going forward for you know, potentially thousands of years, anyone anywhere in the world who's experiencing suffering or or, or or troubles, you know, maybe the Jews are responsible for that. Yeah, yeah. And again, just to kind of beat a dead horse, I really want to emphasize that Christians do not think or I mean in the in this 
tradition, I shouldn't say Christians, in this tradition that I'm examining, uh, I mean, God forbid it be just Christians in general, um, you know, in the, in the, in the, this, um, difficult and lamentable tradition that I'm, that I'm examining Christians do, or these Christians who participate in this tradition do not think that Jesus' death is a result of a handful of malevolent Jews in the year 30 CE in Jerusalem, right? It's all, it's all these unbelieving Jews. It's a timeless Jew, right? So the Jews today are just as involved in the death of Jesus as the Jews then, and, um, and are just as involved in, you know, in, yes, in persecuting Christian, they're, they're continuing to oppose Jesus in, they continue to put, to, 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 um, persecute the body of Christ, uh, the one they nailed to the cross and the body of Christ, the cry of Christ, which is the church. Cause Christians want to say the church is the body of Christ. And, um, yeah. Right. Right. Um, yes. Out of hand. <laughs> there, was, there was so much really rich material to, to talk about, but we're going to have to be very selective here. Um, so um, I'm wondering, uh, what were the Christianized sibling orals? Oh, let's and, get that one's alone. Can I pass on your question? <laughs> you are, well, well, okay. Well, well, okay. Do we apply? Uh, very, very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> I'm not very quickly. What they were, and also what they say about the death of Jesus. Right. I'm not like super. I mean, I've, I've, I sequestered the siblings to a uh, to an excursus, uh, as you know. Uh, so I, I I didn't necessarily review them before this interview, but sibling oracles are um, are are um, texts that had been. Um, interpolated or edited by uh jewish uh editors and then later by christian editors um to say to to put in the mouth of a ancient pagan prophetess things that you know were reflective of their own days okay so in i think it's in books one six and eight uh or primarily the ones that are edited by christians um some of the things that christians put in the sibylline oracles are prophecies about how Jewish characters would uh, torture Jesus, right? So um, this kind of goes along with what's in the Gospel of Peter. In the Gospel of Peter, I'm not, I'm just, I'm tying the Gospel of Peter to the siblings. Both the siblings and the Gospel of Peter emphasize that not just that Jews executed Jesus, but that Jews um, uh, uh, tortured him in ways that are, um, are, it, are identified with Roman soldiers in the Gospels of Mark and Matthew. So they, you know, put a crown of thorns on his head. They clothe him in purple. They cast lots for Jews, cast lots for his garments. Jews give him gall and um, wine to drink. Okay, so all these things that are associated with Roman soldiers in Mark and Matthew, um, the Gospel of Peter identifies with Jews, and the Sibylline oracles have a pagan prophetess from years back identify with things that that Jews do. And so kind of getting back to what we were saying about the Epistle of Barnabas with the scriptural proof argument, where you can prove that the Jews were going to kill Jesus and torture him using antecedent texts from the Hebrew Bible, um, the Sibylines just provide another angle. They were going to say, like, not only were was it apparent from the Hebrew scriptures, you know, in Greek translation, the Septuagint, that Jews were going to execute Jesus, but even the pagans had 
prophecies saying that the Jews were going to torture and um, and execute Jesus. So that's the lens. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I wanted you to talk about it just because I personally found it fascinating that Christian, you know, scholars uh, were um, exactly like you said, not only trying to find scriptural, you know, sacred texts to support the idea that Jews killed Jesus, but they said actually even, you know, pagans, quote unquote, people who didn't believe in God or whatever, the Christian God or whatever it is, the right God, even they do this basic truth. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I think that's just really fascinating. Um, uh, speaking of other, uh, um, you know, shifting gears a little bit here, um, um, who was Eusebius and how did he view the destruction of Jerusalem and the ongoing troubles for the Jewish people? Um Right. So, um, um, not, not just Eusebius, but, you know, it's, you know, as we move on, it's not necessarily, in, it's not, it's in the new Testament, like in, um, in one Thessalonians, um, where one Thessalonians two, uh, 14 through 16 or so, um, which I think is an interpolation into Paul, but with Nick, <laughs> thankfully we skipped that interpret that, or I mean, we skipped that excursus, um, you have the idea of the you know the the destruction coming upon the Jews, which I think is a reference to the destruction of the temple being um, a, a sort of a punishment for them killing Jesus. So that's there in the New Testament in that in this sort of vague way, um, but it's very clear in later centuries, you know, with um, Eusebius um, and others, um, uh, to say that the, the that you know that when 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 Rome, when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem, um, they were really just, you know, executing God's vengeance on the people there who, um, who executed Jesus, uh, you know, right, rightfully so. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the rationale, you know, if you don't have the Jews executing Jesus, then it's, it's difficult to explain why the Romans had to, um, destroy Jerusalem from a Christian perspective. So, um, Right, right. Um, okay, we're almost done. Um, but um, we can't let you go before asking. Oh, I want to. I want. Let's 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 go. Let's, as long as you want, Zalman. <laughs> yeah, but, but but we're gonna we're gonna try to be reasonable here. Um, but what do we've been talking uh, mostly about Christian sources, of course, and then uh, I just threw in the the Sibylline, you know, uh, quote unquote pagan non you know christian sources um but um what do are there jewish sources uh of non uh, you know christian uh, uh, uh jesus believing um uh jewish sources um that discuss jesus in general and talk about who killed him and why right so um i am not an expert in rabbinic literature <laughs> just say that first and foremost um uh, but um i i through doing this project, I, I came, something came to my attention, which I'm sure people, many people who work in Judaism will be like yawning about now. They're like, how did he not know about this? Um, uh, but Evan, but in the, in the Babylonian or in the Talmud, um, so you have, um, the, uh, discussion of, um, uh, randomly, uh, little places where Jesus pops up here and there. Um, but if you put all those together, you can kind of get a picture of, uh, of kind of a, like almost like a little mini biography of Jesus's life, according to the Talmud, um, you know, that Jesus was kind of like, uh, led people into idolatry, you know, was into sorcery and all these other things. 
um, and that um, he was um, uh, um, brought before the community and um, given a long uh, period of time to be uh, claimed as innocent, but ultimately isn't and is executed um, um, uh, by the by the community. Um, so, it, so in the in the Talmud, there is a claim um, that Jesus was executed by Jews according to Jewish law um, because he had it coming, you know, uh, because he because he deserved it. So, for my purposes, uh, and I understand that that's censored out of some bits uh, of the Talmud, understandably so. Uh, so, um, but you know, for, for for my purposes, that was just really. Um, you know, enlightening, uh, because, um, it, 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 ref the, the Jewish claim that like Jesus, the Jews don't claim we didn't execute Jesus. Okay. Uh, they claim we did, but for, because he was, you know, he had, he was a terrible human being, you know? Um, so I, 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 that was, that's enlightening for me because the fact that that's there seems to me to highlight um, the, 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 the dominance of the claim that Jews executed Jesus among Christians in the East. In other words, Jews must have heard nothing from Christians all the time that you guys killed him. You guys killed him. You guys killed him. And finally they say, they don't, they don't, they don't disavow that. They just said, they don't say that we did again. We said we, we killed him because he had it coming, you know? Um, um, so to me, the fact that like the Jews, themselves kind of ad adopt the claim for my purposes in the book i just use it to 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 to, to highlight that that how dominant this claim how ubiquitous this claim must have been among christians that it came into rabbinic literature um in this way i mean these poor jews they must have not heard anything else you know um they're in the east from their christian friends and you know um, so I just use it again just to highlight the the dominance of the claim that Jews executed Jesus, and it's especially in the East. Well, this than I do, though I'm sure. Uh, no, no, this is all very, very interesting. Um, uh, uh, so I have two two last questions. The first one, I know you're going to roll your eyes um, because it's it may be way out of your um, you know the the chronological. Uh, or the, the historical time period that you focus on. But uh, I, I can not ask the question. So uh, essentially, your book lays out, uh, uh, I think, a very clear case that um, uh, in the earliest Christian records, it's clear that Romans killed Jesus on the orders of Pontius Pilate, even if he wasn't ecstatic about it, but he, you know, let's say, went along with it. And that they Romans and non-Jews definitely killed Jesus, and then over the you know three hundred years or whatever that you look at, the the narrative is completely turned uh, upside down, and it becomes Jews killed uh, Jesus themselves, and they did it for ultimately for scriptural reasons and and what. Okay. Yes. And I, can I? I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to want to add some things to that, but go ahead. Well, this is not even the question. <laughs> the question is, as you were saying earlier on, um, today and you know, modern times, uh, it seems your understanding that most, if not all, Christians uh, uh, know or understand that Jews were not the ones who killed Jesus, that this was the Romans who killed Jesus. So my question is, 
when did the the narrative shift again? Is this in the Middle Ages? Is this in the early modern? Is this, you know, what do we, do we have any guess of, of when that happened? I know it's not in the book. No idea. I've no. I mean, listen. We know what the we know what the Second Vatican Council had to say in 1965. We know what your dad experienced on the sidewalk. You know, um, you know. I had um, a relative here in New York uh, tell me that um, her uncles used to call Jews Christ killers. You know. So I mean, maybe maybe it's in the uh, maybe maybe since the movies. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't really. I don't really know. I I, I don't know. Like, is this something that was on the way out the door for or after the Holocaust? Like, I don't, I really don't know, you know, but you certainly when, when modern Christians think about the crucifixion, again, I think it's very much shaped by cinema. Um, um, I, 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 I think that's like removes any, I don't even think people ever like question it. Um, and, and that cinema is a lens for reading the gospels and they don't see it. Um, Something I want to add, though, in your your question there that I just really want to highlight, and I don't know that you'll maybe not think to highlight it, is that 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 I is that my point isn't that like oh eventually whatever Christians claim that like Jews executed Jesus for whatever scriptural reasons or whatever weird stuff they were doing in the second, third, and fourth centuries. Like it's very very important for me to say that it's in the New Testament. That's like very important. In the Gospel of Luke, Jews execute Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells the leaders that they are guilty, right? Okay? Um, uh, For generations. In Mark's Gospel, Jesus tells a parable in which the tenants, the Jewish leaders, execute the slaves who are the prophets and the beloved son uh, who is Jesus, right? Um, And so... I'm really making a trajectory argument. It's not that whatever happened to Jesus is just completely picture, you know, whatever Mark and Matthew say is exactly what happens to Jesus. No, there's a trajectory running through till whatever, forever. I mean, we don't know. We're just talking about, we don't know when it ends, but the gospels themselves are an early part of that trajectory. It's not like they got it right. And then later Christians from the second to the fourth century, like screwed it up or something like that. You know, in the scriptures, it has this terrible tradition. All right. Well, I, I appreciate that, that clarification. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for that. Um, okay. Last question. Um, uh, um, why is it important that Christians today know about the ancient Christian teachings that Jews killed Jesus? Uh, yeah. And again, I mean, there's, there's like, practical things, you know, um, that just have to do with inter-Christian sort of just thinking about yourself as a Christian, which we've already talked about. Um, it's important for, and just going with what I just, just said, uh, it's important for knowing that there's like terrible things, you know, um, in, in the Christian scriptures, you know, and that it's important to admit that. And it's important to find a way to continue to embrace your tradition while being able to admit that. And that is not easy. Um, uh, you know, that's, it's a journey of a lifetime, you know? <laughs> um, so, um, it's, and it's, it's not a simple answer. So I think it, it's important because it forces Christians to do that. Um, it, I'm sorry, what was the question again? Why is it, why is it important for Christians today to know about this? 
well, it's it's important to know about it because it's you know Christians are aware that I th- I think they're aware that Christians haven't treated Jews great <laughs> through the through the generations you know um, been massacred shoved into ghettos you know accused of all sorts of like very terrible things uh, you know we don't yeah I I hope that people are aware of that. Um, and this claim like underpins it all. Like it's the, this is the start of it. Right. Um, so, you know, it's like when I talk to, you know, it, when I talk to my students about like, um, women's authority in early Christianity, you know, when I tell them, you know, women can't be priests in so many Christian traditions today, and there's all sorts of traditions behind that. But I would tell them like, listen, it's an upside down pyramid. And at the base of the pyramid are these texts, you know? Uh, in the New Testament, and they build out, and maybe there's all sorts of other traditions in between what we currently experience in those texts, you know, about whatever um, limiting women's authority in the church, blah blah blah. But at the base of it is it are these texts. If these texts weren't there, you wouldn't have any of that tradition. So I think I want to say the same kind of thing. Like you know, Jews have been treated terribly down through the centuries, but at the base of it, you know, are these texts, you know, uh, that are accusing Jews of executing Jesus and they are in Christian um, scripture and you just got to come to grips with that and that's a that is a very difficult pill to swallow um I mean it's the same pill that you have to swallow with like slavery like just coming full circle and other things but um but it's 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 definitely a, a pill that Christians have to swallow and the only reason that I think that my book's very important is if I don't mind tuning my own horn is because no one knows about it you know um, no, literally like no one knows about, it. maybe that'll be surprising to Jews. They think like they didn't know about this, <laughs> um, but they don't, no one know. people do not know about this. Right. Uh, so if you have, if you are Jewish and you have a, a Christian friend, you know, who's into the Bible or something, this is a, this is a great book. <laughs> I mean, even in the, I say in the book, you should ask your, like, you should ask your Christian friends if they know about early Christians accusing Jews of executing Jesus. Because I, I think that you got to get it out there, I think. <laughs> get the word out. I mean, in a positive way. Like, I'm not, again, I'm not interested in, like, proving anything wrong. About, I love being Christian, you know? It's, like, all of who I am, you know? But I just, I, I just don't, I don't think it's it's good to 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 not be honest about your, your own tradition, you know? It's, you know? So, can I, say, can I make one more point just that we didn't talk about? Very briefly. Because we talked about this continuity of Jews. But I do want to say that there's a continuity too of uh, uh, Romans who uh, support, or I mean, of pagan ruler or of rulers who support Christianity. So early, this is like another main point in the book we didn't talk about. Just as Jew, Christians accuse Jews of um, of executing Jesus, and Jews of today being one with the Jews who executed Jesus, at the same time they say that Pilate uh, he becomes a like we, I said he becomes a Christian, and then they um, early Christians paint other. Um, uh, 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 rulers, uh, secular rulers as followers of Jesus. So early Christians want to say that Tiberius, Emperor Tiberius, Emperor Claudius, they're all followers of Jesus. Um, and that sets up a contrast with, with the Jews. So in other words, Jews are always opposed to Jesus and secular rulers are always wanting to follow Jesus. And they want to persecute Jews who they believe killed Jesus. And that's a very dominant part of the tradition as well. So early Christians, not they not only want to say that Jews killed Jesus, but they also want to um, 
to petition any secular ruler to do what Pilate, Tiberius, Claudius did. They followed Jesus, and then they wanted to kill the Jews who executed Jesus. So early Christians are very much encouraging Christian rulers to 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 do that. You know, and Constantine, his rhetoric against Jews is terrible, and he's picking all that up from um, the bishops around him who are educating him about what you're supposed to think of Jews and that they killed Jesus. We need to legislate against them, you know, uh, this sort of thing. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking your time to share your thoughts with us today. Thank you, Zawan. That concludes our program. Thanks for listening and have a great day.